Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Hello, my name is Merlin Mar Johnson. I'm the Executive Vice President of Salazar Resources, which is a Vancouver Exchange quoted uh, exploration and development company. Salazar Resources is based in Ecuador. It's got a market capitalization of around $50 million Canadian. And we have got a carriage 25% interest in a highly valuable advanced stage VMS deposit, uh, which is in the feasibility stage, about to go into final feasibility, well, finish the feasibility and then go into um, permitting. Uh, in addition to that, we've got a 100% owned portfolio of very exciting exploration assets within which we hope to find the next major copper gold project in Ecuador. Hello, Merlin. Haven't seen you since correctly, Feb well, January, February or so. How have you been? Uh, it's been good. It's been busy. It's been a long time. And in that time, we've had uh, elections in Ecuador. So uh, there's been a kind of a, a change in the political environment in Ecuador. There has. There has. Well, it's kind of why I wanted to talk to you, actually, because there's a lot going on in South America. January, we're seeing it in Peru, uh, Chile um, last year, a little bit with Mexico. And obviously, with you guys uh, now getting that out of the way really, really helps. So uh, what was the outcome of the election? Who won? Was it good for mining? Uh in, in short, uh, the, the winner of the election was um, Guillermo Lasso uh, with a uh, pro-investment, pro-business agenda. Uh, he's an um, ex-banker. He really understands foreign um, direct investment. Uh, he understands um, security of, kind of law and tenure. Uh, he's just signed up the company, the, sorry, the country to the Convention on International Settlements, kind of the convention run by the World Bank. Uh, which is a very good um, move for the company, for the country, sorry. Um, and there was quite a lot of tension because in the run-up to the election, there was uh, two candidates, two very staunchly left-wing candidates, one, Yaku Perez, who was a anti-mining activist, and the second um, uh, was the, the, kind of the, the lead candidate for the far left, the ex-career party. Uh, neither got in, Lasso won, the attitude, the market approach to Ecuador was a kind of risk off. Um, companies got sold down, ours included. We got down to a share price in the 20s. And then as Lasso got, um, won the election and came through, our share price have all recovered. And it's kind of business as usual, or actually not business as usual. We're back to um, a pro mining environment. Are you going to get a mining license? That's the question everyone's asking. Um, well, yes. I mean, are we going to get a mining license? The short answer is yes, we are. Um, but to put some color on that, remember that we've got this 25% carried stake uh, that really backstops our valuation. Uh, when you put the, we're in partnership with Adventus Mining, and when you put our combined market caps together, it's about a value of about $150 million. Uh, and this is on a project which has got an NPV value of $500 million. So uh, we've been publishing some extremely good inflow results over the course of this year, and the share price doesn't really move. So we know that the, um, the feasibility study is coming out in a couple of months, three or four months, uh, and that will be a, a valuation milestone. But we, we really know that the main milestone will be the permit. Can you get a permit in Ecuador to build an open pit mine? And the reason why we say we can, the reason why we're confident is because the government is so keen to have that foreign direct investment. And just to put that um, in focus, this week, 
uh, there's been a meeting in Ecuador between the Chamber of Mines and the president. And that hasn't happened since 2012. So it's, it's been over, well, it's been 10 years since there's been a meeting between any representative of the mining industry and then sitting Ecuadorian president. And I can't um, overestimate how important that is and what a key signal that is to the, to the Ecuadorian market and to the, the market in, 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 um, in general. And just kind of what happened in that meeting and who was in the room, it was a, um, the full chamber of mines and all the representatives were there. So representatives from BHP, from Newcrest, from Lundin Gold, from Sol Gold, um, Solaris, Titan Minerals, you know, everybody who's there, Challenger Exploration, um, Salazar Resources. And um, at one stage, the president said, um, right, we, we, we're, I, I, you know, I'm pro-mining, I'm pro-business, I really want to see this work, um, but I can't do everything at once. Look, what are the priorities? What are the key projects that are going to go into production and generate the, the, the value for, the, uh, for Ecuador? And, of course, the, the BHP, the Newcrest, and the Solgold guys all said, well, Cascabel, you know, we're the, we're the, um, the, the, the biggest project and we're going to be generating the most uh, value for Ecuador. Um, and he said, well, great, well, we'll focus on Cascabel. And then Freddie Salazar, um, Freddie Jr., who's, who's been elected as the senior uh, executive director of the Chamber of Mines, he popped his hand up and he said, uh, well, Mr. President, Cascabel is a great project, but if you're looking for a near-term project which can be brought into production soon and which can generate revenues in the near term, then you have to consider Kuripamba as well because our timeline is one year, not one decade. Um, I don't think he's... He, he was chippy towards um, uh, Cascabel, but he certainly said that Kuripamba can move in the short term. And the president kind of took this on board. There was a discussion around it. And the conclusion was that for the country, the two priority developments were Kuripamba and Cascabel, which is a, a huge endorsement for um, Salazar Resources and indeed for Adventist Mining and for the Kuripamba project. And that's so, extraordinary. I mean, Crikey, if you don't ask, you don't get uh, touch scenario. I quite, I quite like that. Um, so, so for that reason, because of those conversations, that conversation, that meeting, you feel that mining permits or necessary permits and licenses are not far away. But who, who's managing that? Is it, is it uh, Freddie Salazar, junior or senior, or is Adventus leading from the front there? Yeah, well, I don't want to um, say that it's all dependent on the president's word. You know, um, the team at Kuripamba have been doing fantastic work for um, 14 years now. We've taken this from a grassroots discovery right through the community programs. We've got the soccer school, we've got the dance school, we've got the, the, a, a really, really well-developed community program. Uh, we're the largest employer in the region. We've got extremely good dialogue with all the regional governors and all the layers of authority that are required to do that. Um, we are uh, intimately involved in the process. Adventus will be making the, um, so Adventus, um, when they've earned 75%, which they will have done by the completion of the feasibility study, at that point, uh, they will trigger their ownership of the, the project. At the moment, we still own 100%. But once the feasibility is completed, at that point, uh, Adventus owns the 75% and we're carried on the 25%. And so the submission all the permits will come under their name, but we are intimately involved in that process. So we, we retain all of that 
um, Freddie Salazar Sr.'s sensitivity and his nose for getting things done. Okay, so the, we saw the press release recently. It's a joint press release between both both companies, um, mm. which is always which is always a difficult one in terms of the green wording and so forth. But um, it was around the feasibility study, um, and I think you also bought a, 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 a camp or at least some semblance of a camp um, as well. I mean, that press release was what to just remind us that in the next three or four months feasibility uh, will be presented, and um, we should be looking out for him. And what was the purpose of the of the press release? Oh, the press release was really an update on the feasibility study. And it was just to say that we're on track. Uh, it'll be completed in Q4 uh, of this year. Um, uh, the, a new resource is coming out and that hopefully we'll see. Uh, my, my hope is that given the tenor of the infill results that we've seen in the last uh, eight months, that we'll see a, a small upgrade to the overall grade. Um, if we can get a 5% increase, that'd be fantastic. Um, that the metallurgical studies are ongoing and basically every element of the uh, feasibility study that you would want to see being on track ready for completion is is there um there was the additional um line about the camp being built uh also being bought and that's just kind of a bonus we, we managed to buy a uh, construction camp for cents in the dollar from uh lundin uh, the, from the camp that was bought by uh, used by lundin gold in the, in the construction of fruit del norte so Okay. Um, okay. It's, so like, the, the, no, the it's, I'm more interested in the feasibility study. Obviously, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Side, the side note of the camp is, is I guess, interesting. Shows intent, but um, so feasibility, feasibility study on schedule is what I want to hear. What are you guys doing? That's you know, that's what advanced disruptive. What are you guys doing? Because you know, I, I, I get the dip around the election and so forth. You know, like say so you went down to sort of 26, 27 cents there. You back up and. 34, but that's kind of where you were at the beginning of the year. So what are you going to do to drive share price? What are you going to do to drive interest in your project? Okay, well, um, th th there are two things we can do and th that we are doing. One is we're doing ongoing exploration around El Domo. So within Kuripamba project, we've got the, the mine, which is El Domo, which is 9 million tons in the measured and indicated category. Now we're doing some exploration around in the broader Kurupamba license area and should we make a discovery there, that could have a transformational value uh, or impact on the valuation of the Kurupamba project. So that would go from a, a, let's say a $500 million NPV to conceptually something up from there, possibly doubling it. You know, and, and so if we can make a, uh, a new discovery, add on another 10 million tons or 15 million tons or show that the potential of this license area is not the 10 to 15 million tons that we already know about, but it's actually double that, then that's transformational. So we are in the process of doing that. And, and um, one of the uh, upshots of COVID is that there's been much less ability for um, the Adventus team to come down and spend time on the ground at um, Kuripamba. And the, the flip side of that is that our, uh, the Salazar Resources geologists have done much more of the the, the groundwork, and well, they've been they've been basically running it because what was happening in the previous two years is that we the our geologists were on the ground, but we were um, kind of on a more daily basis in touch with Adventus. But at the moment, uh, just because of physical differences or distances, our team is very much kind of running that process, um, and. We're seeing some good stuff in the ground. I hope that we can announce something exciting uh, in the second half of the year. That would be just tremendous. So that would be one kicker. Um, the other thing that we're doing is we're running on a 100% portfolio um, in terms of exploration. Now we've got uh, drill rigs 
uh, at Los Osos, and we put out some um, early results on Los Osos. We um, put out results in holes one, two, and three, um, and four. Um, they were quite low grade, but over extremely large intersections. Uh, we've had a huge backlog from the laboratory. In fact, we're looking to change laboratories because we, we haven't got the results back from the holes um, five and six. Um, so we're really, really waiting for those assays. Um, if we can get higher grades in holes five and six, then, um, then it's kind of game on for Los Osos. If not, well, then we'll probably move on to other projects in the portfolio. And just because the way that the, 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 the flow of time or time is marching on, we are planning drilling in other projects as well in the second half of this year, as we have planned all throughout this year. So we always plan to be drilling four projects this year, and we're still on track to do that. So um, I can't come out with specifics because we haven't got the results back and we haven't got the drill rigs actually turning on the new projects. But all I can say is watch this space. The second half of the year is going to be a cracker, both in terms of what we're going to be delivering from the 100% owned portfolio and also from all the work that we're doing with Adventus. Right. And, and so what's the cash position at the moment? You've got obviously funded to be able to do that drilling, but and then what? Um, we raised five million US in um, in February. Uh, we've actually been um, earning quite well through the the drill rigs. We've got four drill rigs which actually provide the cash flow to help us cover our GNA because we've drilled less than we hoped, and that was links back to um, not having the permits that we wanted to have. Um, our cash position is, is pretty healthy. Um, I haven't got the quarterly figures, but we haven't had the drawdown that um, you might otherwise have expected. We've got. Plenty of cash to drill the nine to 10,000 meters that we want to do during the course of this year, um, the, the, the rest of this year. <clears throat> and really what we're looking to do is to make a transformational discovery. We want to have one project. I've always said that 2021 is all about finding one project that we can hang our hat on and say, wow, we've got intersections here. This is something that we can really, really drive. And remember that um, there's so much demand for copper gold projects. Uh, if you can make a transformational discovery, I can, I've, I can see it looking around the market. I look at the valuation of other companies, a few drill holes in there, and you're looking at anywhere between 50 and $150 million worth of value through uh, good exploration results. So that's really what we hope to be delivering uh, during the course of this year. Okay, so you, you're going to try and identify what we've talked about this ever since we started talking about a couple of years ago. It was always a case of we know the strategy. You've got to like, pick one of your three 100% owned targets, yep. right? And then go after that. But has the ambition changed any? Because obviously, where you're at, you're like 50 million market cap now. You're up 34 cents or 19 when we first started talking, 17 to 19. And um, in, in terms of that plan, do you think that you can hold on to all of those? Do you think that you can hold on to them you know, and not have to relinquish one or farm one out to kind of fund things? Because you've got to have a view on gold projects, copper projects, copper gold projects, et cetera, in, in country and getting people's attention back on Ecuador. Because there's a lot of detractors for Ecuador, right? But you, you listed mm. earlier a whole bunch of the big names, the BHPs and the Newmonts and the Soul Goals, et cetera. They, they seem to believe it. Your story about the, the first sitting president coming and sitting down with the, with the sorry, it was the Mining Association, mining, the, the, the mining, um, so what is it called? I've got to get the phrase. Chamber of Mines. Chamber of Mines. It, it seems all positive, right? But, but there seems to be people still just a little bit doubtful about doing business in Ecuador. What do you say to those guys? 
Um, I completely get it. And it has taken us longer than we wanted to uh, get to this stage where we've got to. So you've raised three points. First of all, about our market cap. Um, we were massively undervalued then, and we've advanced the project at Krupamba. So we're, we're still trading at 0.3 of NAV in terms of entire market capitalization is still at a huge discount to our carried stake in Neldoma. So that's one thing that uh, the, the market cap is still underrepresented and, and not reflecting the wholly owned portfolio at all. Um, the second point is, you know, it, Ecuador is slow and it has been frustrating and we've had this change of government. And for the first year that I was speaking to you, we were coming to the end of a, uh, a government that had actually put the brakes on the mining sector. There were no permits coming through. And still with the transition, it's actually been slow for those permits to come through. In the Chamber of Mines meeting this year, uh, the president was really shocked when he said, well, he said, okay, so tell me about the backlog. You know, what do we need to do? And we said, well, actually there are hundreds if not thousands of environmental permits and uh, concession uh, inquiries in with the mining cadastra, which are blocking investment into this country. If you want investment to flow into Ecuador, you've got to enable these licenses to be processed. And he, he got it. He got it and he turned around to the mining minister and he said, this has got to change. What can we do to make this work? Because we need the foreign direct investment. And that brings me to the third question you had, which is, you know, why bother? Is it going to happen? And the answer is, if you're looking for big copper gold projects anywhere in the world, you have to be looking in Ecuador because this is the pretty much the last territory where they're sitting out of the ground and sticking out of the ground and you can stub your toe in them at surface. These are walk-up, large-scale copper gold projects and everybody is there because they know that it's you know, whether it takes an extra six months or an extra two months in Ecuador uh, as composed, compared to somewhere else, the government is behind it, the geology is behind it, and the, the market is demanding these kinds of discoveries. So um, absolutely, we are still looking for that lead project. Um, what I don't think I mentioned um, was that Freddie Salazar, on a private basis, he's got a... Um, on the family basis, you know, they've, they've got a little processing plant in um, near Loja, sorry, near Portobello, um, which uh, he toll treats uh, all from the artisanal miners that bring it in from the hills around and occasionally, um, and he sells it to kind of traders, metal traders. Uh, it's just a family business. It's been, he's had it for 20 years. It's, it doesn't really sit properly within a company like Salazar Resources. But it's a fantastic prospecting tool because we get these prospectors coming in or these are small miners or artisanal guys and they they have these trucks full of um, rocks, these pickup trucks full of rocks and they process it through and, and they get paid their, their cut. And occasionally the mill manager, um, plant manager gives us a call and says, we've seen some really interesting geology and then we go then, then um, go back up. And just a few months ago, a really fascinating set of geology came in. Uh, we're in discussions with it. This is part of the deal flow. You know, we're in discussions with the small miners who've got access to this title. And if we can secure it, it's one of these things which is just sticking out of the ground. So that's the kind of thing that Salazar Resources has got access to, which is just optionality for investors. It's interesting. I was listening to um, a couple of uh, interviews this week. One was Ivan Glassenberg, Lencore, said he's not quite sure where the next big copper mine is going to come from, but people better get a, a move on and find it because uh, he doesn't think the supply is going to meet the demand, um, which I thought was interesting. And then the second was a reminder from 
sort of Rick rule about the status of a certain Freddie Salazar senior um, in the mind of uh, Sprott and, and their investing, their belief in Ecuador and indeed um, Salazar resources. That was quite, that was quite a nice uh, comment from him, I thought. Well, um, we looked very much forward to repaying that faith in him with discovery in the next uh, few months and being able to announce it to the market. So just as a reminder, um, we're drilling uh, osses at the moment. We've had uh, kind of slightly low grades there in the first set of drill results, but we're waiting for more results. Uh, we are uh, working on Santos. We're trying to finalize the definitive agreement. But once we've got that agreed, then we can go in there and we can uh, start doing proper field work on some exciting gold prospects there. Uh, we're lining up to drill Ruminyawi, which is a copper gold uh, porphyry target on trend with the giants up at Cascabel and Urimagua in the north. Um, and we're working on a number of other deals as well. So uh, both in terms of the applications to the government when the cadastra finally opens or comes starts processing um, uh, licenses again, and also the deal flow that we see coming through the kind of the, the Ecuadorian network. And then we've got Macaramina, which we'll probably get around to drilling uh, next year, which is a gold target down in the south. So there's plenty on. Coming back to one of your earlier questions, um, we don't have money to take on all of these ourselves, but we do have enough money to do the, the key drilling and evaluation work so that we can make an, uh, uh, an assessment of which one we want to take on 100% on and which one we want to farm. So yeah, we, we can reach that staging post, that gating decision point on the funds that we have. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to CruxCast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.